0: I assume many of you have plans made, you might have presents beautifully wrapped around your perfectly trimmed tree at home, maybe you are traveling to fantasy family, maybe grandma and grandpa are coming to your house, maybe they're already here, you might even have an an Uncle Bud show up at your house. Or maybe that's just us. I don't know. If you Actually, if you do have an Uncle Bud show up at your house, just point him toward our house. He'll, get, he'll find his way. I know a lot of us, it, it really can be a very special, almost magical time of year. A lot of us look forward to this time of year. How many of you, how many of you, this is your favorite time of year, You can be honest. How many of you, this is your favorite time of year? It certainly can be. And a lot of us put a lot of of effort and a lot of planning into trying to make it special, trying to make this year the best Christmas ever, the most memorable Christmas ever. We all want to have a, a Christmas card kind of Christmas. We all want our Christmases, if I can get this thing to work, there we go. Was that you or me said that did then? Okay, good. We all want our Christmases to look like this or to feel like this. Right? Sleigh rides and, and fun times in a warm family. But in reality, our Christmas this year, our get togethers, our families probably won't live up to the ideal. We want this to be our Christmas, but when it really happens, some of us will have that one family member that drinks a little too much over the holidays, says something that starts to make people uncomfortable. Some of us will have in-laws tension always just below the surface, except for the times when it explodes above the surface and it's no longer below the surface. Some of us will have, you know, your, uh, your uncle will show up wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And he'll be in the living room trying to straighten out your nephew's wife that came wearing a Bernie Sanders 2020 t-shirt. And they'll be bound and determined they're going to straighten each other out over this holiday. Um, Your mom will start talking about that thing she always brings up when the conversation has never ended well. Somebody will mention that something at Christmas dinner doesn't taste the way great-grandma used to make it taste, and somebody will be offended. Your wife won't help your mom with the dishes. Your husband will leave you alone with family members you don't know well enough to keep it from being uncomfortable, or you do know them well enough to know it's darn sure going to be uncomfortable Your kids will open presents and look with open disgust and disapproval at the lameness of the gift that someone gave them and that someone is in the room with them. The truth is our Christmas events and dinners and get-togethers and parties just never seem to live up to the ideal because our lives and our families are less than ideal. And although it is not a bad thing to plan for and to hope for that this Christmas be a, a good time, a peaceful time, a fun time, a joy-filled Christmas. Although it is not wrong to hope for those things. I think it's kind of weird that we can be easily disgruntled and convinced Christmas has been a failure if our Christmas doesn't feel like this. I think that's weird and probably shouldn't be that way. And here's why if Christmas doesn't go smoothly, if Christmas winds up having conflict and confusion and hurt and tears, I think maybe our Christmas might be getting closer to the original Christmas we're supposed to be celebrating than we might imagine. See, this morning as we stand on the cusp of Christmas here this morning, before we head into tomorrow's Christmas Eve and then Christmas morning, I want to help us get a different perspective on anything that might feel like disappointment at Christmas. I want to walk through some of the parts of the Christmas story. We're going to read several scriptures. They'll be on the screen Most of them, and you've heard them a million times before, but I I want to point out something maybe a little different or a different way to look at them. Because I want to remind you that the Christmas that we are supposed to be remembering and celebrating was difficult and confusing and painful. If nothing else, maybe it'll just help you feel better over the next few days. But hopefully by the end, we'll have a, a little higher goal even than that. Maybe you have lived through a Christmas season. Maybe this one is already for you that it was confusing. You ever had a Christmas? Can you remember a Christmas where you spent time wondering why things had to be the way they were? Why does my family have to be like this? Why didn't my stepdad invite me and my family? Why why do things have to be the way they are? Why does God allow what he's allowing? Well, you are not alone. Because confusion was a big part of the original Christmas. You know this story. In Luke chapter 1, we read this. In In the sixth month... That's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, by the way, but not important to today's story. But in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Hear the confusion in there? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. That is the story of how the miracle plan of the first Christmas was announced at first to Mary. So here's this young, sort of unremarkable, seeming Jewish girl, and an angel shows up to her, which is miraculous enough, and then the angel tells her, you are going to have a child, and that child's going to be the long-awaited Messiah. Here's how we know it's what the angel was saying. The top of the screen, verse 32, he'll be great. He'll be called son of the most high, son of God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he's going to be a king who will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. There hadn't been a king on David's throne for 700 years. And every, excuse me here. (coughs) The service is over. Do not shake my hand today. I'm just telling you. There hadn't been a king on David's throne for 700 years. Every Jew knew the next person to occupy the throne of David will be the Messiah. His name is Jesus, and we're still waiting on him to, to be on that throne, but it's happening. It's coming. So this angel tells this little teenage Jewish girl, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be the Messiah. That's miraculous enough. That's confusing enough. But then Mary has one very reasonable question. <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to happen because I ain't married yet and I ain't never acted like it. I'm going to be sensitive to you with children this morning. The angel Gabriel said, Don't worry about it. This child's going to, God's going to cause this pregnancy to happen miraculously within you. Nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary was confused, but she was not the only one. She was engaged to a guy named Joseph. We read his story in the book of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce Mary quietly. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, I would imagine that finding out your fiance is pregnant and you are sure the baby is not yours would cause some confusion. If you then have a dream in which something you think is an angel shows up in your dream and says, no, don't worry about it. God put the baby there. That might cause even more confusion. Wouldn't you think? And this is just two examples of confusion in the first Christmas story. Jesus' family would continue to be confused and bewildered by him throughout his life. Have you ever been confused on Christmas? Have you ever been wondering why your family and things in your life have to be the way they are? No, you are not alone and you're not messing up Christmas because confusion was a big part of the first one. back one for me there said maybe rather than confusion the the feeling you struggle with over Christmas over Christmas time is is more uh, feelings of loneliness isolation where it seems like everyone else is living through a hallmark Christmas movie except for you You struggle with isolation. It seems everyone else has this big extended family, and it's warm, and and you feel much more alone. Well, this one I didn't get this one on the screen, but listen to another very famous part of the Christmas story. Now, in those days, this is in Luke chapter one. um, Excuse me, Luke chapter two, verse one. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to register all the empire. This was the first registration taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the family line of David. He went to be registered with Mary who was promised in marriage to him and who was expecting a child. While they were there, The time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. You ever struggle with loneliness or isolation? During Christmas, you are not alone. I want you to hear this. The first Christmas the one we're supposed to be remembering and celebrating, did not look like a big table with a turkey in the middle and all the trimmings and and place settings of grandma's china. It looked like fear and desperation and filth. And there's no room for you. There's no place for you. It looked like isolation and helpless loneliness. That's Christmas too. Maybe for you, though, this Christmas especially, maybe. Maybe this, this Christmas brings hurt and pain. Maybe there, is, maybe there is somebody that you have always shared Christmas with. And this year just isn't there. Or maybe because of just brokenness within your family, maybe there's a grudge, there's a wedge, there's separation, there's been a divorce. Maybe in spite of your best efforts, the dominant feeling you struggle with during Christmas this year is in joy and hope and peace but it's pain and hurt and loss. Then I want you to listen to a couple of more stories that are also Christmas. We don't normally read these. But just after the wise men left Mary and and Joseph and Jesus, we read this in the book of Matthew. After they, that's the Magi, the wise men, After they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, because Herod is going to look for the child Jesus to kill him. And Joseph got up and took Jesus and his mama during the night and went to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod died. In this way, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet was fulfilled. I called my son out of Egypt." I'm struggling with the clicker today. Sorry. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men because he had ordered them to come back through Jerusalem and tell him where the the child born to be king was. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by these wise men because they went home a different way, he became enraged. He sent men to kill all the children in Bethlehem. And throughout... Surrounding region from the age of two and under. Merry Christmas. According to the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard and Ramah weeping and loud wailing. Rachel weeping for her children. And she did not want to be comforted because they were gone. That's Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, Luke picks up the story just after Jesus was born and his parents took him to present him to the Lord, dedicate him to the Lord in the temple. There was a man named Simeon in the temple who had been promised by God, you will not die until you see the Messiah, Simeon. And and Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus, they walked in the temple and Simeon somehow knew this child is the chosen one of God. And he praised God and he said literally like, I can die now, hooray. But then before he was done talking, we read this in verse 34 of Luke chapter 2. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, listen carefully. This child is destined to be the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and and he'll be a sign that will be rejected. Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And he looked at Mary and said, And a sword will pierce your own soul as well. That's Christmas too. You see, over that very first Christmas, it's miraculous it is joy but there was also a a backdrop or a shroud or, or a pall of confusion and loneliness and pain and even death and there are a few things i want us to remember as we remember that first When we try to make our Christmas season all about our loving family and joy, feelings of joy and peace and warmth and the glow and the magic, I think we're going about Christmas all wrong. Don't hear me wrong this morning. I'm not saying that if you wind up feeling those good things, I'm not saying that if you wind up feeling joyful, Peaceful, loving, warm inside, that it means you're doing something wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I hope you feel all those things this Christmas. I hope I feel all those things this Christmas. It's just that I'm not sure chasing those feelings should be our goal. I think those feelings should be the result of focusing on something else. Those feelings are a result, not an aim. Does that make sense? In fact, if you make this year or next year or every year your goal to make this be the perfect Christmas where everybody gets along and everybody's together and nobody says anything uncomfortable and the food is perfect and everybody feels warm and great and awesome, you're setting yourself up to never feel what you want to feel unless you're dishonest with yourself. you deceive yourself. Or you'll blame others for the reason you don't feel what you planned on feeling this Christmas. This is supposed to be the best Christmas ever, darn it. And Uncle Joe's not playing along again. See, as Christmas, as Christians, excuse me, we're not supposed to be chasing warmth, and feelings, and magic. As as Christians, we're remembering the one who stepped into all that stuff I just described. How many of you thought as I was going through those things, like, "But this is the most depressing Christmas sermon I have ever heard in my entire life. What is wrong with this guy?" Listen, our hope is not in, in hoping we can make our Christmas look like the set of a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's not our hope. That's not where we get our joy. Doing Christmas correctly is not pretending we live for four or five days in a dream world where everything is peace and love and candy canes and happiness. Here's what Christmas is for the Christian. It's a time where I can look around, look back on my year and look around at the world and be completely honest with the mess and the confusion and the pain and the rot that is in our world and remembering God sent us a Savior into all of that And as we read back through the Christmas story we're reminded even that the main characters in those stories we've been reading most of us since we were wee little ones their hope what they were hanging on to was not magical Christmas time. Right? It wasn't perfect warm feelings and settings and sleigh rides. It was they knew God was doing something and it's confusing and it's scary and it's lonely and it's painful, but he's the only hope I've got. And he sent his son right in the middle of all this mess for me. And Jesus grew and he didn't put his hope He's the one we're following, trying to become like as Christians, right? He didn't put his hope in ever having a magical Christmas time, right? The only time we really see him celebrating a, a, a real holiday is at Passover, and he stood up and talked about himself dying. And he himself was, was rejected and lonely and betrayed, And the culmination of his ministry took place on a cross where he was rejected not just by men, but for a period of several hours was rejected by his own father so that you and I might be accepted by the one who rejected him. He became our rejection so that we might become his acceptance. So, so what am I, why am I telling you all this? Do I, do I want you to make the next few days more like Good Friday than Christmas? No. I just want, and I'm not telling you don't have any peace or joy or love or warm feelings. I just want it to come from the right source and not a cheap substitute. Here's the source of our hope and our joy and our warm feelings. Here's the source. Tucked away in these Christmas stories, we read this. From Luke 1, the angel to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Cliff Notes version Your baby's going to be the king of kings. But guess what? Anybody in here, Jacob's a descendant of Jacob, son of Abraham, anybody? No? The king of kings and Lord of lords come to earth, that Jesus was. You know what his relationship should be to you and to me? Should be a conqueror, and we should be the one being conquered. We're a bunch of filthy Gentiles. And, 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 and what our relationship to him should be is just one more conquered, defeated enemy cast from his sight. But this king wouldn't just be a conquering king. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which, which means... God with us. Jesus was born. He, this, Jesus is, is God diving into all of our confusion and pain and rot and difficulty so that He could walk the road we walk ahead of us and, and that He could really be God with us. So that any time, be it Christmas time or another time, when I'm confused, when I'm hurting, when I'm dealing with pain, when I'm dealing with rejection, I can look around at all of that stuff and take it to the one who has walked it with me before me. And I can say, Lord Jesus, this, these are the kind of things that you came to earth to walk in. Right? Right? You have walked in feelings like this before me, right? You have already defeated all of this, right? You are with me. You are God with me in this, aren't you, Lord? Jesus didn't come to make all our Christmas dreams come true. Jesus came to give us peace with the God who should be our enemy. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And that's what gives us a peace and a joy that gets tucked away in our souls in a place where the world can't ever reach it. Because you can make me sad. You can make me hurt. You can make me lonely. But you can't get at my joy. You can't get at the peace I have with God. You can't touch my living hope. My peace, my sense of peace, my joy and my hope are in no way dependent upon my earthly circumstances. And God proved that's what he was doing at Christmas by sending Jesus into a bigger train wreck of a Christmas than any of us have ever celebrated. (laughs) The worst Christmas you've ever had? The first one was worse. It was lonelier. It was confusing It had more pain and more death and more bloodshed. But he came to walk through that, walk that road with us and for us that we would never be rejected by God the way He was. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for for diving into our loneliness and our isolation and our pain. Thank You for even the circumstances surrounding that first Christmas. It seemed like such such a a confusing, painful time when we really think about it. And God, at least in part, maybe you did that to show us that what you told us everywhere, you will never leave nor forsake us. There is no pain uh, bad enough that separates from us. There is nothing that separates us from the love of God and you prove that by sending your precious Son To be born in a confusing, painful circumstance, and to die in a confusing, horrific, painful manner, where he became our sin and became our shame and our scorn, and he was separated from you so that we might never be. And for those of us that believe that that's what you were doing in Christmas and on the cross, We depend on that for our salvation. And God, if there are those here who have never believed that what Jesus did at the cross, he did for them, I pray you would work in their hearts and draw them to yourself, to your son in faith that they might believe on the Lord Jesus and thus be saved. We love you, Lord. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And God, I pray you would give us warmth and joy and hope that comes from knowing that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, from giving us a hope and a joy and a peace that our circumstances can't scratch. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.